the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. This is Al Fadi, and uh, we have an amazing, amazing show put together for you here today to address a very controversial topic today and these days among our Islamic Dawah team. And that's the topic of the preservation of the Quran or the myth of the perfect preservation of the Quran. And of course, with me here, joining us remotely in studio, uh, who's better than David Wood, uh, our dear brother, who is going to analyze some uh, recent interactions by Islamic Dawah team members attacking at least one of their own when it came to the topic of the preservation of the Quran, but also they are making now new wave of claims when it comes to the different uh, uh, variant readings, I should say, or the differences between the readings of the Quran itself. And of course, um, uh, this is something that we have raised years and years and years and years ago concerning the fact that there is no such thing as a perfect preservation when it comes to the Quran and the fact that the variant readings of the Quran in and of itself is a proof that you have multiple Qurans. But of course, I guess, who are we to make a claim like this since we apparently do not know Arabic, do not know the Quran, and do not know anything about Islam? Wink, wink, of course, Chung and T. Here with me in studio, joining us remotely, is our dear brother, Dr. David Wood. Dr. David, uh, thank you so much, brother, as always. Uh, it's a blessing to have you. And uh, uh, indeed, David, uh, these uh, uh, Dawah team members are hilarious when it comes to making claims because they seem like they reinterpret their own interpretations from time to time. Yeah, that, that's called that's called gaslighting, where you say something and then we point out, hey, you said this. And then for a while, they acknowledge that they said it. And then eventually they say, oh, we never said that. And it's like, wait a minute, I have stacks of books where you say it. I have endless videos of you saying it. Oh, you said it for years. In fact, that's all I heard for many years. And then once you've been thoroughly exposed, then you say, we, we didn't say that. What we said was this new thing. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you, you, have, you have tons of videos on your channel about um, problems with the Quran and problems with the claim that the Quran has been perfectly preserved. But uh, are, are you familiar with this with this claim that that was pretty much all I heard from the time I started investigating Islam? Pretty much all I heard as one of their most um, most uh, most uh, effective tools for Dawah was the claim that there's only one Quran. So they would compare this with the Bible. They would say, ah, but 
You know, Bart Ehrman says there are textual variants in the, the history of the manuscripts of the Bible. And that's true. There are textual variants. It's pretty, right. uh, pretty well understood that anytime you have human beings copying a book by hand, they're going to make mistakes. That's what textual criticism is for. Because if I'm, if I'm copying the New Testament for my church in, let's say, the, the fourth century AD, and I make a mistake, and let's say I live in Rome or something like that, if I happen to make a mistake, well, that mistake is not made by everyone else. And so if you get a copy of my manuscript, you can actually compare it with other manuscripts and say, oh, okay, this one says something different from what these others said. Oh, it, it looks like this guy made a, made a spelling mistake here or something like that. That's how, that's how textual criticism works. Everyone in, in, in every area uh, of, of history that, it, that deals with manuscripts of, of ancient books is aware of the fact that should be obvious that human beings make mistakes when they're when they're copying books and that you can look at manuscripts and examine them to get at the original reading. Um, but in Islam, what they wanted to do was say, ah, you have textual variants in the manuscripts of the Bible. But in Islam, there are no textual variants because the Quran has been perfectly preserved right down to the letter from the time of Muhammad. I have Muslim apologetics books, endless videos where Muslims are making this claim. One Quran no variance anywhere. In fact, the famous Sheikh Yasser Qadi. Oh, boy. And, and this is actually a good introduction to the problem that, <laughs> that arose recently for them. The, the amazing Sheikh Yasser Qadi, in a video for the Why Islam campaign, used this argument. He said that since the, from the time of Uthman, from the time of Uthman, the Caliph Uthman down to the present, he said, you will not find a single letters difference between any two Qurans ever. You, will, you, can, you cannot find two Qurans in the world that differ in even one single letter. They match perfectly. Right? What's interesting and should be horrifying is that that's what Sheikh Yasser Qadi was saying to a popular audience. In other words, if it's people, if it's non-Muslims or popular level Muslims who aren't going to study these issues, that's what he was saying to them. He was saying perfect preservation right down to the letter. We have video clips from the same guy around the same time when he's, when he's speaking to what he calls students of knowledge, students of knowledge. These are people who are on the path to becoming scholars. And he tells them something very, very different. He's telling them that, yes, if you go to different parts of the world, you get different Qurans. Say, hey, you know, they're, they're, they're very similar, but he said there are differences in words and differences in letters, and you need to be aware of this so that you're not shocked when you find out about this stuff. And so notice, this is just amazing stuff because you've got Muslim scholars who are telling uneducated people one thing and saying something completely different to the more educated Muslims. And uh, a lot of this, uh, a lot of this uh, eventually came out and was exposed uh, in part due to the infamous holes in the narrative interview where Muhammad Hijab interviewed right. Sheikh Yasser Qadi in order to, um, Muhammad Hijab thought that Yasser Qadi was going to clear up these things. And, and by the way, the, the, the entire point of the, the, the holes in the narrative interview was that Muslims who were uh, in, in private discussions with Yasser Qadi were realizing he's talking about different Qurans mm -hmm. and claiming that the standard 
even scholarly Muslim explanations for the differences in terms of, oh, it was revealed in different ways. And yes, these all these differences can somehow be traced back to Muhammad. He was saying these explanations don't actually work. And so we've got we had like all these different faces of, of Yasser Qadi. He's telling different things to different audiences. Muhammad Hijab really seemed to think that Yasser Qadi could come on and clarify all of this and just explain himself. And he's going to make sense of all his claims. Instead, Yasser Qadi instantly started going, don't ask me about this. Do not talk about this in public. This is bad. You should never talk about these things Take in public course, like this. Let's take a deep dive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, and he was even saying, that if you want to talk about this afterwards, we could talk about it. Do not talk about this in public. It's bad, right? And uh, so and anyway, we all, lots of us who, uh, who are Christian apologists uh, dealing with these kinds of claims, we, we use that, the holes in the narrative, that, that phrase, holes in the narrative, to point out that there are holes in the narrative of perfect word for word, letter for letter, dot for dot preservation. But that's not what Yasser Qadi was actually talking about there. He was taking it for granted that, of course, there are, there are differences in words and letters and so on. Uh, what he was talking about, the standard narrative was the standard scholarly narrative that we can account for these differences by talking about different ahruf and uh, different readings that all somehow went back to Muhammad. Like Muhammad was delivering this to his followers in different ways, and they're all acceptable, and they're all great, and they all, uh, they complement each other. And so that's what he was talking about. He was, he was saying our, our, ex, our scholarly explanations cannot even account for these differences, which means the obvious implication is if you can't, if you can't explain how they all go back to Muhammad, that these are variants that arose later by mistake. That's right. That's right. And that's what terrified the Muslim, the Muslim community. And uh, so this is, that's the situation here. So Yasser Qadi was attacked for acknowledging that there are variants. He was attacked for claiming that different, ex, you know, the, the standard Muslim explanations for why they have these variants don't work. What's absolutely amazing is that now that Muslim da'is are starting to grant that there are textual variants in the history of the Quran, now they're attacking him for lying about there being no variants, right? Now wow, we actually amazing. have Muslim da'is who are saying, look, here's a video of Sheikh Yasser Qadi. Fareed did this on his channel, Fareed Responds. Um, in, in fact, he did it in a response to me where I was pointing out, look, here's a video clip of Sheikh Yasser Qadi saying no variants in the entire uh, history of the, of the Quran from the time of Uthman to the present. And here's a clip of Yasser Qadi acknowledging that there are different Qurans in the world today. And Fareed played this clip and he said, yeah, Yasser Qadi was lying when he said there were no variants. Of course there are variants. Now, Fareed is someone who believes that you can account for these uh, based on, you know, different Ahruf and Kirat and so on. Um, but uh, now the, the point is, now the Da'is are calling their own, their own uh, scholars liars for claiming that there weren't any textual variants. So for, I'm just saying this because the entire history of my interactions with Muslims, I was called a liar for saying that the Quran hasn't been perfectly preserved. I was called a liar for saying that there are textual variants. I was called a liar for saying that passages came up missing. I was called a liar for saying there are different Qurans in different parts of the world. And now they're calling Muslims liars if those Muslims said that there were no, no variants in the text of the Quran. So this is, we could actually watch a video clip of, of Muslims. Let's do that, yes. Calling, calling Yasser Qadi liar for various reasons. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those reasons. And we'll play this video clip right away. This Yasser Qadi should be shut down. 
His channel should be shut down. He should never be allowed to open his mouth about Islam. Wallahi, wallahi, this person is a disaster that has, has uh, engulfed this ummah. When you do a deep dive is when things get very, very awkward and difficult. No, no. If you want misguidance, if you want misguidance, listen to Yasser Qadi. The preservation of the Ahruf, is it one, is it three, is it seven? Yasser Al-Qadi, I accuse you. You are worse than the layman people. You failed. You failed. This is not a joke, brothers and sisters. The issue of Ahruf and Qiraat caused confusion to somebody whom the Prophet said, if you want to listen to the Quran directly, listen to Ubay. We don't care. The most advanced of our scholars, they're not quite fully certain how to solve all of the unanswered questions in there. Yes, Al-Qadi, when you see him uh, on a video, click X. Traditional understandings of Ahruf and Qiraat cannot answer some of these pressing questions that are now being poked. When you hear him, close your ears. Lest you want to be uh, exposed to fitna. The standard narrative has holes in it. That's what I'm going to say. This quote-unquote renowned scholar, he's a da'i. He does not qualify to be a scholar. I would advise Dr. Yasser Qadi to stop indulging in this because this is not his field. He's not an authority to, to, to say. If I were to give you a blank mushaf, yeah, and, uh, and tell you to write what is munazzal verbatim from Allah into that mushaf with no human interference, would you write something which corresponds? It's with not an easy answer. It's not an easy yes or no. I think Quran this should be an Quran. easy yes or no, though. Yes, Al Khadi. I, I hey, have to. Be okay. What would you write? Uh, 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 let's not. Let, let's. You, you're pushing me. I'm telling it to you flat out. You may not listen to anything that Yes Al Khadi has to offer. Zero. Nada. Nothing. And my argument is very straightforward. So what if a lot of people said something, it doesn't make it right. The fact that 99% of your teachers say something doesn't mean it is the, the correct truth. His criticism applies to the entire Islamic tradition. Of course, anything that Yasser Qadi says at this point is probably wrong. We are at a point with Yasser Qadi where if he says the sky is blue, I have to double check three, four times. It seems like Yasser Qadi is lying. That's just the reality. Yasser Qadi seems to be lying. There has never been two copies of the Quran that are different even in one letter or one word. Is that, is that true? It's not true. If you were to compare two printed Qurans, you're going to see differences between them. In the second video, he's clear about, what, about the reality and he affirms the reality. So those are two different things. I wish and pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will guide him. Allah guide him, Ya Rabbi guide him. And if Allah, if Allah doesn't have it in his decree to guide him, to so that we don't have to hear him rant about any Islamic subject matter. From, from, from the accused Prophet of having ill intentions with Zainab bin Jahsh to now claiming that shirk is not shirk. What is left for this guy? Quran has, uh, the, the narrative of the Quran has holes in it. The standard narrative, what is left for this person? The standard narrative does not answer some very pressing questions. The standard narrative has holes in it. That's what I'm going to say. I'm telling you, if you continue to listen to him very soon, there will be no more foundations of Islam. They're being, they're being destroyed in front of you one after the other. I believe that he finds the topic of the Qiraat to be uh, problematic for like the, the layman audience. And therefore, he simply lied. That's what I believe. Well, what's wrong with you? You used to be a good person before. 
But it's Allah who guides whom He will and misguide whom He will. That is wow, indeed, wow, wow. That is indeed amazing. And I tell you why it's amazing, uh, David. At least Yasser Qadi, to be honest with you, is being honest with his comments about the narrative having holes in it. Because I've, I've looked at the narrative of the collection of the Quran in Arabic, by the way. You know, you always hear that there was two collections of the Quran. The first one was by Abu Bakr. The second one was by Uthman. But if you really dig deep into the sources of this narrative, there is multiple stories, multiple stories. So Yasser Qadi indeed was referring to the fact that if you rely on these primary sources, there are holes in them. You can't really tell the truth from the lie. And it's amazing how they're all now judging him, giving themselves the right to judge him, and he's no longer qualified scholar, you know? <laughs> so a Yale graduate with a PhD is no longer a qualified scholar. I wonder who are they then to, uh, you know, get the authority to judge anyone for that matter. But go ahead, David. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's funny because I, I we we watched that we watched that clip specifically because that was put together by uh, Hatun Tash. Yes, we want to um, give credit to Sister Hatun for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and she was she was the one who was most responsible for the holes in the narrative interview uh, as far as what led to it because uh, for for many years when Muslims have claimed perfect Quran preservation. We've been pointing out things that we would regard as obvious because they're they're in their sources. They're directly from their sources. So Sahih Muslim 2286. Let me read a little passage here. Uh, Sahih Muslim 2286. Abu Musa al-Ashari sent for the reciters of Basra. So this is a companion of Muhammad sending for the next generation of reciters who didn't know Muhammad. Uh, it says they came to him and they were 300 in number. They recited the Quran and he said, you are the best of the inhabitants of Basra for you are the reciters among them. So continue to recite it. But bear in mind that your reciting for a long time may not harden your hearts as were hardened the hearts of those before you. We used to recite a surah which resembled in length and severity to surah Barat, that's surah 9 of the Quran. I have, however, forgotten it with the exception of this which I remember out of it. If there were two valleys full of riches for the son of Adam, he would long for a third valley, and nothing would fill the stomach of the son of Adam but dust. Uh, that that verse is not in any Quran today. That chapter is not in any Quran today. So this isn't simply Abu Musa saying, hey, I forgot a chapter of the Quran. Anyone could forget a chapter of the Quran. He's telling the, the next generation of reciters to recite the Quran so that they don't lose more of it like the, fir like the first generation did, who hardened their hearts and didn't recite the Quran. And he, he mentions a surah, which, is, which would have been over a hundred verses long, and saying, all I remember is one verse from it. It's not in the Quran today because they forgot the entire chapter. You read things like that, and he goes on to mention another surah that Muslims forgot. And he's using this to warn the Muslim community there to keep reciting the Quran so that they don't, they don't, they don't forget it. Uh, you have, again, uh, Sunan Ibn Majah, 1944, where Aisha says that uh, verses of the Quran were lost because she had the only copy and they were eaten by a sheep. You That's can right. look in the Quran Holy today. Lord, they do not. Yeah, the, the Quran does not contain these verses today. And yet you go to the Muslim sources, they're supposed to be in there. Uh, that verse about the son of Adam, you know, have, with, with a valley of riches or two valleys, two valleys of riches or something like that. You have different versions in the in the Muslim sources. But. Um, You—that's supposed to be in there. They remember that being revealed, and them reciting that. They just can't. They just can't remember. They can't remember the chapter. And so these are the things you read 
when you go to the Muslim sources. So uh, that was one approach. That was the approach I took. I would just quote their sources to them. You had other approaches of people like Dan Brubaker and other academics who are actually examining manuscripts of the Quran, and they're putting pages of the Quran side by side in their books and saying, look, here's a page that says this. Here's a page that says that. That's a difference. That's a textual variant. That's a mistake. That's a spelling error. They're putting these out there. Uh, and then the the third approach is to talk about different Qurans in the world today. So you go to Morocco, they favor the Warsh translation. Uh, most of the world favors the, I mean, the, the Warf, uh, uh, the, the Warsh um, uh, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you go to, most of the Muslim world uses the Hafs version. That's right. And so on. So, so yeah, so, but there, there are textual differences in these Qurans. And so, but it, it was always like people putting it out in books or people putting it out in videos. Eventually, Hatun just shows up to Speaker's Corner with like 26 or 27 different Arabic Qurans that she had just bought in different places around the world and noticed that these are these are all different. And Muslims were actually accusing her of printing her own Quran with variants. They're accusing her of printing her own Qurans with the textual variants. And it's like, no, you actually go to places and get different Qurans. So this uh, Muslims didn't know how to explain this at Speaker's Corner when she's putting the Qurans in front of them saying that is not the same as that. Look right here. Is this verse the same as this verse? And until they, they're all confused. And what do they do? They run Muslims run right back to their Dawah guys and their scholars who lied to them in the first place. Well, how do we explain this? And then they start explaining it. And oh, well, you know, it's different dialects and different uh, different Ahruf and different Kirat. And that's how we explain it. And then this all gets brought up eventually to Yasser Qadi for his explanation. And then he was saying that the explanation of the Ahruf and the Kirat doesn't actually work. And so he was attacked from all sides. Some, some of the Muslims are attacking, are attacking him for, uh, for what they regard as uh, wrong doctrines and so on that, that he is held to. But it's interesting because Muslims are simultaneously now attacking him for, for claiming falsely that there was only one Quran, that the Quran's been perfectly preserved from the time of Uthman. And simultaneously, they're attacking him for claiming that the explanation, the standard narrative, doesn't work. You can't explain different uh, Quran variants in terms uh, of, of things that all, all go back to Muhammad. So he's being blasted from all sides. And what's amazing is they wouldn't be dealing with this problem right now. They would not have this problem if they hadn't been lying the entire time. The claim that there's only one Quran perfectly preserved, it's false. Their scholars and Da'is knew that it was false when they were claiming this. It was a lie, but they thought that it was good as long as it's helping people believe in Islam. Uh, but also the claim about the different uh, Ahruf and Kirat, these variants all going back to Muhammad, that's also a lie. That's the lie that we're going to have to be dealing with in the near future, because that's still popular, even though Yasser Qadi has admitted that it doesn't work. But we're going to have to show in the coming years, that's, uh, that the, this explanation doesn't work. And we know this because some of the different kirat, some of the different readings actually give you contradictory meanings of different verses in the Quran. And so this is doomed to failure as well. And yet this is the explanation that Muslims are running with now. Uh, but it's fun because it's funny because now the scholars and the Da'is are at least acknowledging that there are different Qurans. Indeed. Indeed, David, thank you so much. And of course, um, a simple look at David's channel uh, or, or any of his past videos, our channel, uh, Dr. J. Smith's channel, even the channel by Dr. Daniel Brubaker will simply reveal to you that there is no such thing as a perfectly preserved Quran. There are corrections 
erasures, things that were overwritten, things that were removed. And at the same time, if you look at the variant readings themselves that David just mentioned about Sister Hatoum, for instance, bringing different Qurans with different or variant text readings and what, it doesn't have to be verse by verse. At least if you find few spots in two Qurans that read differently or have different pronunciation, right there, you defeat the purpose of saying that it's perfectly preserved. And on top of this, there is the logical challenge. How can you convince yourself that all of these seven readings or seven ahruf somehow were revealed from heaven? Which version was revealed from heaven? They're all seven are found on the same, uh, uh, basically, tablet. Go ahead and write these seven different readings on top of each other and you judge. Are they matching each other? Can you pronounce it correctly sometimes? Can, can the meaning vary by pronouncing it one way over the other? Early Quranic manuscripts, everybody knows, if you are really sincere and honest with yourself when you look at them, do not have dottings or diacritical markings. And that alone can change even the reading, the pronunciation, and along that comes the change in meaning. Indeed, it is a myth and it is a dilemma. David, thank you so much as always. And uh, until next video, and hopefully we will talk about yet another exciting thing. Thank you for uh, the work you do. And of course, I want to remind people that David now have a new YouTube channel. And brother, what is the channel again? It's called? Uh, we've got a few. That was the idea of spreading the content around to make it harder to, uh, to ban. But uh, Apologetics Roadshow, they can find some good stuff there. Very good. And I'm assuming there they can also find the other channels. But uh, thank you again, as always. Thank you for your work. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. This is Al-Fadi over and out. God bless. Take care. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.